All right, and welcome back to Magic with a K. I'm Daniel. And I'm Alex. And today's episode, we're actually going to be talking about dragons, because Because there be dragons. Yeah, there be dragons, and apparently there's several people that want somebody to conjure a dragon and talk to dragons and, I don't know, all kinds of stuff that it's, like, really odd that we've had <laughs> several people in our lives ask us about that here, I'd say, about the last month or two. Um, so that's why we decided to do an episode about it. What are dragons? Can you conjure a dragon? Should you conjure a dragon? Um, you know, I, I think one of the best pieces of advice I've ever given someone on dragons is be careful with dragons for thou art crunchy and go well with ketchup. Uh, yeah, there's, yeah, that's actually a pretty funny bumper sticker. Uh, uh, I believe, um... That is what the license plate on my daughter's car says. Very nice. One. Very nice. Because my uh, daughter is a big fan of dragons in theory. Well, yeah. I mean, so everybody, I'm sure, has seen dragons everywhere. Uh, depending on which type of dragon you've seen. There's, of course, the European dragons, which can look different depending on where exactly you're looking. Uh, there's, of course, the uh, Asian dragons, which uh, usually don't have any legs and kind of just fly around. There's or the Mesoamerican dragons, which are usually very feathered. Feathery, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And you find them everywhere. They're in all corners of the globe. They're in every culture. There's always stories about them so, dating way back. So there's an anthropological theory about dragons, which Dinosaurs. is... Um, well, no, um, dragons are... At least our images of dragons are often considered to be um, a ancient memory of a predator. Oh, so right, right. they often have very feline-type bodies. Right, or snake-like. Um, they they're often yeah. have very snake-like mm -hmm. and reptilian features. Mm -hmm. um, they've got the big pointy teeth. Um, they breathe <laughs> fire because, remember, fire is incredibly dangerous oh, yeah. if not controlled. Um, they've got, you know, um, especially if you look at, say, a European dragon, they've got mm -hmm. wings mm -hmm. because something coming from... Above. above is very scary they've got these feline bodies because the way lions and tigers crouch and move mm -hmm. is very indicative of a predator they've right. got the scales and the fangs which are indicative of snakes and lizards so the theory is that our modern perception of a dragon is a hodgepodge of collective memories of prior predators yeah i've heard that before too uh, i've also heard the one about the fact that or the fact she's the theory goes that the reason that especially some of the ancient cultures have them in their mythology is because they were discovering dinosaur bones didn't realize they were dinosaurs and thought oh these obviously were dragons or you know yeah. that type of thing i really don't buy into that a whole lot because of the fact that our our ancestors weren't that remember we're not that smart okay uh it's not like we have advanced so far above the ancients that were just so much more than they ever could be. I think it's important to remember that at the end stupid. of the day, we're, we're apes. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those, we're pretty stupid. So, and human beings don't change very much over even a millennia. Mm -hmm. it, it takes a really long time for us to kind of evolve type deal. Uh, and I'm not talking about evolution. I'm just talking about natural evolution within a species type thing. Mm -hmm. That type of deal. Uh, but yeah, it... it yeah, the, the theories that are out there, they're interesting theories. Of course, there's no way to really prove it. 
And most of the stories still persist, no matter what. Yeah, um, I think it's important to remember, like, when we were talking about the Fae, that, you know, the common theory is, oh, well, if the Fae are so ubiquitous, how come we only see them in this one area? No, we see them in all areas, we just call them different things. Right. Um, with dragons, the answer is we translate everything back to dragon mm -hmm. because we can look at it and go, that's a dragon. It might not be my dragon. It might not be the dragon I'm used to seeing it, but that's clearly a dragon. Right. So we translate those words in other languages back to dragon. Mm -hmm. um, and so they are so ubiquitous in so many cultures because they are ancient mm -hmm. um, and have impacted all these different cultures. Right. And it becomes the whole, you know, we, we kind of look at how they have influenced culture over time because you have, for instance, in the European lore, you've got always talking about like giving them virgins to sacrifice, different <laughs> things like that. Uh, there's always a hoard of treasure to find with them. Yes. Now, however, if you go and look at like some of the Arthurian legend stuff, it's, there was allegedly, okay, in some of the Arthurian legend, there was a dragon that Uthar, Pendragon, before Arthur, had imprisoned underneath the castle. Yeah. And Merlin could go down there. They actually show that in the show, if you've ever watched the show Merlin. It, he goes down there and he can talk to the dragon. Well, allegedly that's what happened. Now, there's some stories and theories about, okay, was that just Merlin's conscience that was he was talking to? Was that actually a dragon? Was it, you know, different things like that? Because, of course, Merlin was uh, alleged to be one of the greatest wizards of, well, the past probably thousand years. Yeah. So you, you have all those type of stories that go along with Merlin. The funniest part to me, though, is the fact that how in the world would you... Because, once again, all of the stories are you go out to kill dragons, right? Yeah. That's what you do. Well, you're going to go lock one up? Why? Yeah, that just sounds like a dangerous thing to do. Very, because the other part is... I if mean, like, loose, I wouldn't lock up happy. a Komodo dragon. Right. I'm certainly not going to lock up a dragon dragon. Right. And um, <laughs> that would I, be kind of funny. Um, so, uh, shout out real quick to anyone listening from Wales, because you people took the assignment of pick a national, a national animal mm. and totally aced it <laughs> with the dragon so thank you <laughs> like uh, us americans were all eagles bald eagle eagles. and y'all were like stand back yeah hold my beer so cool uh we'll talk about you scotland when we start talking about unicorns right yeah the uh <laughs> the funniest part for me though is it, now, it, we'll, we'll talk about that probably in a future episode as well. But, of course, yeah, that also plays into some uh, a pen, potentially apocalyptic lore as well about why Wales has that dragon. Uh, you know, some potential Antichrist stuff. But anyways. Uh, but <laughs> so, I digress. So we'll go, yeah, we'll go from there. But So um, we're bringing back the good old, uh, the Element Encyclopedia of Magical Creatures. Which we've talked about on here before a few times, but it's actually got a rather large section, of course, dealing with dragons. Yeah. And it's got all kinds of lore in there, which is where I've gotten a lot of this from. I I don't practice any draconic magic, so I haven't really delved real deep into it. I read some stuff about 
potentially conjuring up a small familiar dragon, stuff like that. I've read about that. But most of the time, all the stuff that I've ever read, it's always warnings. I dabbled in draconic magic when I was a younger practitioner. Mm -hmm. Um, I have always been in my practice known to be gun shy when I see something that might be too much to bite off. (laughs) That might be a case of me biting off more than I can chew. Mm. I, I tend to try to shy back. Mm. Um, and I got in about as far as I was comfortable before I realized I was not prepared. Um, I think at this point in my craft, I am skilled and prepared to work it with draconic magic. I've just never revisited it yet. That's not to say I won't. Um, it is to say that I won't do some of the things that have been recently asked of me because that's a big old no. Yeah. Like I said, we have actually been asked if we would summon a dragon summon talk to it's like uh no i have no i have no i have really no reason to do that and Um, yeah (laughs) so we're gonna get into what the book says and then i'm gonna go into a little bit about my personal experience with working with dragons Mm -hmm. um so let's get into what the book says so basically like i was talking the you know british dragons usually are even seen sometimes as worms like in the traditional scandinavian tradition stuff and it does talk about they're always known to hoard treasure which they've either gathered for themselves or inherited becoming guardians by chance if they inherited it and all are extremely hard to kill so that's the other part now the other thing that i did when i was doing my research and reading on stuff is there are no just in case anybody's wondering there are no physical dragons left in the physical realm. They all exist in their plane. In the draconic realm. Is, is what I found. I didn't find anybody that talked about there's anything I here am, anymore. I have no experience of a dragons taking on a corporal form or encountering... Oh, or encountering a dragon in corporal form. Mm. Uh, I've never read any of it. I've not experienced it. I've never mm. met anyone who has experienced it. Everyone I know um, experiences dragons in the draconic form, which would be a non-corporal form. Right, because they're on their plane. Because they're on their own plane. Right. Um, and even when they do come on this plane, they still come in a non-corporeal fashion. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. Which is why you don't see dragons stumbling around. It'd be really uh, I'd say it'd be really cool, but I mean, that's like, oh, dinosaurs would be really cool, except I've seen five movies about why that's not cool. You've seen one good movie and four really bad ones. Got it. Yeah. Like I said, five movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it it comes back to the whole thing of like, it, we'll go off on a little tangent here for just a second, of you don't really necessarily want to bring back the extinct creatures. There's a reason they're extinct. And usually it has nothing to do with us. And even when it does have something to do with us, that still isn't necessarily... A reason to bring them a back. A reason to bring them back. Yeah. It sometimes is, it is, sometimes it isn't. Most, uh, what was it? I think it's like 95% of all animals that have walked on this earth are dead. Like, extinct. Gone. Oh, I would say the percentage of species that are extinct is probably closer to 98. It might be. But it, it's it, there's a it, lot of creatures that no longer exist... And, and for a reason. Well, and they were gone long before we, we appeared. Around. Yeah. And, yeah, there's a reason they're gone. Uh-huh. And bringing them back, probably not the best idea. Yeah. Because, once again, 
they don't know how to well they don't we don't know how to interact with them necessarily and they don't know how to they with us. yeah they wouldn't know this world has changed so much from for some of them that there'd be i mean there'd be no where for where are saber tooth tigers going to live yeah no absolutely you know what are they going when to hunt he- one could even argue, you know, while we are absolutely the reason woolly, or a contributing factor for woolly mammoths being extinct, hey, I, would, had to eat. I would argue that in a pre-industrial um, world, humans were their natural predator. Oh, absolutely. I, I would argue you. that humans were their natural predator. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a biology tangent, but... Um, <laughs> oh, we're going off on tangent. Hey! I'm shocked. But there's a, but there's also some other stuff about. There's, they've excavations in Pakistan and China that date to the fourth millennium BC have depictions of dragons, as they saw them, which is pretty similar to how they currently look in Chinese lore, which doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Because of the fact that, once again. We've had stories about these for a long, long time. Um, it's just like, yeah, it even points out, uh, the book of Revelation talks about uh, a red dragon with multiple crowned heads appearing out of the sea, uh, which the archangel Michael and his angels cast down upon the earth. Uh, yeah, which is, of course, talking about the beast and Revelation, stuff like that. But it's, you know, there's there's depictions of dragons everywhere. There are uh-huh. Egyptian dragons. There's... Uh, even a story which was interesting because there's a story of Medusa where, you know, and even points out in here in the book, not though not a dragon herself, in one version of the story escapes from Jason, which would be Jason the Argonauts, in a chariot drawn by a winged dragon. Uh, Apollo may be seen as a type of dragon slayer. He kills Python of Delphi, uh, though the latter is more a serpent than a traditional dragon. Uh, even, yeah, even one of the, the Babylonian epic of creation... Which, well, even St. Michael, who yeah. defeated the dragons in Romania. Right. Yeah. There's that story as well. I, They're all over the place talking about them. So, at some point, we either came in contact with them. <laughs> <laughs> they were either on their way out, which would be my guess, <laughs> or it's one of those, they were maybe the last of their kind in this plane. Um. And that's true. That's possible. Um, I would think that it's also equally possible that much the way we corporealize non-corporeal beings, mm-hmm. um, angels being an excellent example, mm-hmm. non-corporeal beings that we very much anthropomorphize. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think a similar thing, you know, encountering draconic and non-corporeal dragons and we write them down in the best language we had at the time, right. which is corporeal terms. Right, So absolutely. I think that's also likely something that could have happened. Now, in my experience working with draconic energies and um, research on dragons, mm-hmm. um, they're functionally immortal, like a lot of other um, okay. entities. Um, you know, they don't really age after, say, adolescence. They, um, have incredibly long lifespans, are incredibly difficult to kill, um, can be killed, but are functionally immortal. Um, but they are intelligent in, um, a way that is very different than humans. Mm. Um, I, I, 
I want to say an, an animal intelligence, but like so beyond. Oh, okay. So it's a different type of intelligence, right. but way more of it. Okay. Um, so they're incredibly intelligent. They can be incredibly ruthless. Well, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, they're, they're neither good nor evil, which we've talked about. Most entities are neither good nor evil. Um, but they're incredibly powerful. They're incredibly ruthless. And when you have something that's that powerful and that determined and that driven, sometimes it's like killing an ant with a bazooka. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that, that is the biggest caution I give someone working with dragons is... Um, make sure that your goals align with mm. whatever draconic being you're working with mm. and make sure that either you're willing to use a bazooka or you know how to help that dragon siphon it down. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, because the you, poor and, power. And, and I, I phrase it that way on purpose. You are not going to make this being do something <laughs> yeah. this being might make you do something but you are not gonna make it do something mm. you can work in tandem with it work in concert with it and say maybe a bazooka for the ant is too much let's can i help you funnel this down into a more manageable thing mm. and you have to be willing to assist with the funneling and channeling because dragons that's just not their mo Right. Well, and once again, that makes sense because all the stories that, once again, you hear is that normally if they come onto the scene, it's just death and destruction on an epic scale. Death, destruction, and curse words, sure thing. Right, because it's one of those they're not known for, okay, yeah, we, we need to go take out this hut. Yeah. Now they're just going to burn the village to the ground. Yeah, it, it is very much, you know, when we see these depictions of dragons and they just open their mouth and fire just burns through everything. Um, it, that's not a bad way of looking at it. They just kind of go, okay, and exude the power and it just burns through whatever is there. Um, hmm. And uh, that's another reason I, no, I don't work with dragons draconic energies anymore you don't want to burn the town down i don't need it <laughs> i don't need a bazooka <laughs> right i have found in my own practice in my own craft things that work better for me that's not to say that it's bad it's not to say that it's wrong it's right. not to say that people who work with dragons and draconic energy are incorrect your practice your path it's not my practice. It's it, it 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 was a place I stopped off on the way to finding my path. Yeah, I got you. And I learned a lot, and I learned um, how to protect myself, which <laughs> is definitely the most important thing you should learn. Um, and I learned that that's not where my path is. All right. It's not to say it may never go back there, but for right now, no. Um, now we have been asked, as he said, to summon a dragon. Uh -huh. Um, let me tell you why I said no. Big no. Um, you can't make a dragon do anything. You can't control right. a dragon. It, it, I would, I'd go back to the ant. Um, if you had a group of ants in your house and they somehow summoned you because they could speak English and they said your name or they all lined up in a row and it was a symbol or your name. You'd be oh, like, that'd be cool. You'd be like, cool. 
cool. And if they maybe convinced you, hey, um, I don't like this other ant, you might be like, the ant's not going to make you do anything. True. You might do what it wants to do, either out of amusement or out of wanting to see what they do next. Mm -hmm. um, or because maybe that does help your ends. But um, you're not going to be controlled by the ant. Right. And in this scenario, you have to remember that you're the ant. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't like being an ant. <laughs> well, you know, it, the other part is, and I would say that after looking through and, and talking with you about it, and different things. It's more of the, once again, it, the entities that we deal with, we always approach them with respect, and always, oh. it's always a a relationship thing. Yeah, which, it always comes out of a place of right. community. Once again, if if we were going to contact a dragon, <laughs> if we were going to do that, then it would be, I certainly would be respectful. I would certainly have exactly what I wanted to do with it. And also, you know, how can I form a relationship with you that benefits both, both of us? Exactly. Because, okay, you know, what? yeah, okay, maybe, and maybe you do. I, I don't know. Maybe you need a bazooka for whatever you're doing. But... And I can see situations where I might. It, it's a possibility. And so it's always one of those, it's an interesting thing to explore. It's an interesting thing to look into. As she said, know what you're doing. And, and, and I think it's important to realize the reason we were asked to do this was more because <laughs> someone was like, can you do it? That'd yeah. be a fun novelty. That'd be cool. And Cool, okay, yeah. There are things in the occult I'll do for a fun novelty to amuse people. This is not one of them. Yeah. Most of what I do is not that. There's no. the random, um, but, you know, it's... Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> No. Yeah. You want to do target practice in your backyard, you don't go get a nuke. Well, you, you, that will not work out well. No. If I'm doing target practice in my backyard, I'm using a BB gun at best, but probably a Nerf gun. Or bow and arrow. Or bow and arrow. Right. I'm not bringing out a nuke. Hmm. So, um, an amusing thing to do, no. Yeah. Um, I think it's fun to remember that while dragons are very much known for their hordes, yeah. Especially European dragons. But also, you know, yeah. if you think the Asian dragons, yeah, they are they known for too. their hordes as yep. well. They're just, their hordes don't look like ours do. And I think it's important to remember that what is a horde to a dragon yeah. may not be what we think it is. Right. So It's uh, not always a pile of gold. Yeah. And see, that's what I was going to say. Well, never a pile Well, of most gold. of the time, so for instance, we'll, we'll go to movies for just a second again. It, if you've ever seen The Hobbit, mm -hmm. and I don't care which version you've seen, if you've seen The Hobbit, that's the what Smog. Yeah, right. That's what Smog had. Right. He had a pile of gold that he had inherited because that's what the dwarves had dug up. Yeah. And he sat on that hoard. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. That's that's a nice story. It's fun. It's you know entertaining and all that. But yeah, it's so like especially Asian dragons. A lot of them are also protectors yes. of. Like, well, the, the water ones are protectors of wh whatever that water is. So a lot of That's times their, their hoard. hoard is, yeah, their, their home. Mm -hmm. They're hoarding their home. Mm -hmm. Sometimes their hoard is the animals in their home. Could be. The plants in their home. Right. Sometimes their hoard is knowledge. You'd be yes. surprised how 
often a horde is knowledge or energy. Right. It's so often that it's that. And um, and le- so and it, remember, I'll, I'll do the caution on this one. Remember, if you ask for knowledge, ask specifics, okay? Because if you just ask for knowledge, your head will probably explode. Or you'll get something really you didn't care about. Yeah, probably. Or the other part would be if you ask for energy, and this this goes for any entity, not just dragons. If you ask for energy, uh, there could be some problems. Be careful what you ask for. Yeah, yeah, really. Because uh, energy, remember, you have to have a way to be able to uh, harness that, mm-hmm. and especially if it's and being poured it. into you, yes, uh, because otherwise it can just uh, burn through you. Yeah, so those are the dangers. That's always the warning stuff. Um, you know, um, <laughs> but also remember, dragons guard their hordes. So yes. when you ask them for something that is part of their horde, mm-hmm. you've got to give them a good reason to part with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and dragon bestowing knowledge or energy on you is it parting with its horde? Right. Or a portion of its hard. Right. Um, so remember that. And you can always work deals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I read that too. And um, I'm, I'm find, sure that that's correct. I found in my experience that a trade works very well. I see I'll that. trade you a piece of knowledge for a piece of knowledge. Hmm. Yeah, that could work. I'll trade you energy for energy. Energy for energy. I'll now. trade you some human energy for some draconic energy. Uh, and so with with mine, it's kind of interesting because it's like you can you can trade energies mm-hmm. with entities, and it's always kind of funny because usually usually, especially with the angelic side, you're usually getting more bang for your buck, so to speak, with when it comes to energy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of the fun part. But I mean, the demonic energy is very similar. You I'm know. sure. I, I give them. Um, an amount of human energy, I get an amount of demonic energy, and it's sometimes <laughs> like touching a bare wire. Yeah, that's actually, that's probably a really good description. Like uh, touching a bare wire. It's, yeah, it's it's quite, it's quite illuminating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it really, yeah, and it depends, well, I guess, yeah, I guess it depends also who you're, who you're getting it from, uh, as to, because you can get, and this is, uh, I don't know, this will sound probably kind of weird, but you can get hot energy, mm-hmm. you can get cold energy. Sure can. Uh, you can get just all kinds of different ones, and it will affect your body in different ways, mm-hmm. depending on what you're using it for and depending on what you're doing with it. And since I usually, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just go ahead and let, <laughs> let this cat out of the bag. I usually run hot. Mm-hmm. And... It's, you know, it has and to do with... And I usually with, run cold. It has to, yeah, there you go. It usually, it goes with my sign. It goes with everything. Mm-hmm. I usually run hot. And so getting cold energy is actually a weird feeling because it's not something I usually run. But when I get hot energy, oh yeah, it's, I'm, I'm jazzed up, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I typically run cold and I actually am equilibrium when I get hot energy. But if I get cold energy, I, mm. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's dragons. Um, we don't Quite have a, a whole ton to say about dragons. I mean, so, sometimes we have more to say on different subjects. True. Um, but I, I guess the best thing is beware when you meddle in the affairs of dragons for thou art crunchy and go well with ketchup right um you're talking about something that is 
infinitely old, infinitely powerful, not infinitely powerful, but as far as we're concerned, absurdly powerful, um, absurdly single-minded. Yeah, because there you go. So that's another thing about reading about, like, doing the familiar stuff, like mm -hmm. getting a little familiar dragon or something like that, is always make sure you know which one you want to get. That was the other warning that was in there, is, you know, make sure that it's, like, if you want specifics one research research what you want always research what you want and then yeah pick which one because if you pick one that necessarily doesn't go with what you're doing Mm -hmm. you'll probably have some problems because even the the familiars that they you know the research on the familiars it's like they will they'll cause problems Mm -hmm. and especially if they're they're not especially if they're not bonded to somebody who is doing the things that, you know, that particular dragon familiar is really, one, capable of, but two, is in par with what it wants. That That's well, also And when we talk well. about dragon familiars, you need to be very familiar... Familiar? Ha-ha! Very well-versed in both familiar magic mm. and draconic magic. Yeah. Um, and familiar magic is a very different set of magic. I'm well-versed in familiar magic. Um, oh, are you? <laughs> <laughs> got a pair of familiars myself um i'm well versed in familiar magic both corp- corporeal and non-corporeal um i would not say that i am well versed enough in draconic magic to feel comfortable having a draconic oh no magic. no not at all as someone who again just because i physically and intellectually have the ability to do something doesn't mean I should do it. Well, right, exactly. So, I mean, I could create a draconic familiar. I have the skills and power. Yeah. I I could not guarantee I could control it. I could not guarantee I could work with it (laughs) properly. I could not guarantee I could benefit from it. Right. Um, So, therefore... yeah, there are all those things. Yeah. That, once again, yeah, and, and we'll actually, we'll talk about uh, familiar magic Yeah. in another episode. I actually wrote that down while we were talking. Yeah. So we've got that on the plate as well, uh, which is actually really funny. We talked about that this is the 13th episode for us. It ha, is ha, the ha. 13th episode. And we're doing it in February, which it's like, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is it, it's just kind of funny. In the year 2023. So... Anybody that that likes playing around with numerology, which we'll di- we'll discuss that in a future episode as well. <laughs> it's it, it's just kind of funny for me because I love playing in numerology. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Twenty three, of course, is a chaos number. Yes, it that's is. the reason. If you're because it's a prime number. It is. If you're looking around wondering what all of the insanity that's going on, that's why it's twenty three. Yeah, it's, it's our thirteenth episode. Thirteen's it's, a prime number. It's February. Yep. Two's a prime number. Two's prime number. Yeah, twenty three is a prime number. There's all these things. Oh, go watch the movie Twenty Three with Jim Carrey. It's a great uh-huh. movie. Not funny at all. Trust me, if you're looking for Jim Carrey in a funny movie, not that one. Uh, but next episode, we're going to actually talk about baptism. Yeah. And not just uh, Christianity's version of baptism, which uh, I went through a long time ago. Um, but, I did as well. Well, there you go. See. And so, even though even though she's strayed from the path, she's still protected by the Lord, so it's all good. Something uh, <laughs> like that. But the uh, yeah, we'll talk about baptism and the Christian Christian faith. We'll talk about it in multiple 
well, multiple different. Some of the faiths are well. We call it th- we dead. call it different things in different faiths. We do, but um, we'll, we'll talk about what uh, it symbolizes. What it symbolizes. Yeah. What what we call it in different areas. Right. Um, and uh, yeah. I'll, although, a caution before we before we <laughs> end the show about that. Uh, don't, don't bury anybody alive, just in case anybody got any ideas. Don't do that. That would not be good, and that's not what we're talking about. So, no. <laughs> just, just not legal advice. No, not legal advice. Not any type of medical advice. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, uh, just like playing with dragons. It's it's one of those. If you if you play with dragons, once again, you're gonna you get can, burned. You may. You, you may. are likely to you get may. burned. You never know. You're yeah. right. You're right. There it's, are those who have done it successfully. It, it's um, just like playing with the Fae. There are people that we know that the way can play I, with the Fae. The way okay. I always felt, um, many years ago, I had a chainsaw. I was helping a friend with a project at his house, and I was learning how to use the chainsaw for the first time. Mm. And it was very interesting. But after about 20, 30 minutes, I turned it off and handed it back to my friend. And he said, why? I said, I feel like I've tempted fate as far as I'm willing to go. Um, I know that most people who end up with a chainsaw injury go, man, I wish I'd stopped 10 minutes earlier. <laughs> but then you got a cool scar and a cool story. Yeah, I'd rather not. <laughs> um, and that's kind of how I felt with dragons. Um, I felt like I'd gone as far as I could go without taking risks I wasn't comfortable taking. Right, and that's the other part. I, it never never summon up something you can't put down. That's uh, the other yes. part. Um yeah, word to the wise, just in case you were wondering. Never saw me something you can't banish. That, yeah, that's a big one. And so make sure that, yeah, it's a great time to talk about. Make sure that you always are as safe as you can be. And, and we're going to do an episode here coming up in the next month or two on um, basic safety precautions as well. I think actually, at yeah, that's this probably point, not a bad idea. We really need to do um, basic safety precautions. <laughs> Because we've spent so many episodes telling you what not to do. I think it's fair to give y'all one to tell you where we, what to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, the interesting part about all these things, and, you know, the, the, the couple people that ask us about it are actually people that do listen to the podcast. And, you know, I'm glad that they brought it up because it is a fun topic to talk about. Oh, yeah. It's, excuse me, it's full of interesting things. It's there's always research to be done which is which is a fun thing for me to do i enjoy reading quite a bit and i enjoy looking up what others have experienced with different things especially like this i don't i like i said before i don't do this i don't play with a draconic magic i don't do anything like that because for me dragons are best left in fantasy mm-hmm. they they really are it, yeah i'm sure they're fun i'm sure that you know they're interesting and a real one would yeah if if it was if it was around i would be more than happy to talk to it but i certainly like she said i certainly wouldn't demand anything of the thing because i mean it's kind of like a it's real like an ant's demanding something well again. it's also like a gin yeah right in the real stories of the gin, and I'm not talking about the Disney-fied version, which is, you know, it's fun. Great. I love it, Robin it is. Williams. It's, oh, dude, it's great. Uh, you know, in different stories like that, the real actual stories of the gin, I do not want to play with gin. No, I don't either. I don't. And once again, it does. it's not because they're evil. 
It's just because the gin are best left alone. They really, really are. I think with, with that, as well as with dragons, and again, all the things we've said is it's best to understand the rules mm-hmm. with which the entity you're dealing with is playing. Right. Yeah. And because... If you don't know that, and I, you can't be prepared for And I think it's anything. also important to realize when you approach something, you have to go by its rules. When mm-hmm. other entities approach you, right. they often play by as close to human rules as they know how. Pretty much. So I understand it. it's often a, a matter of courtesy. The approacher learns the other's rules. Right. And here's the other thing. Once again, basic. here you go. Basic safety tip for everybody is if you don't know, ask. Oh, gosh, yes. Ask. Don't think you know everything. No. Ask. It's not going to hurt. And, and and that's, I think, the, the bulk of my path is, is education and learning. Right. I will never stop learning, and <laughs> I, I am a, a fan of uh, reading and learning. I find it interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I'm actually working on a graduate-level degree in this, and um, mm-hmm. because it's just fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. And, but, yeah, learning... Y- y- you never stop, and there's no bad questions. Right, and that's the other there's part. There's no stupid questions. Well, I wouldn't go that far. But it, <laughs> it's one of those, there, if it feels like a stupid question, it's probably not. And if you couldn't find it as a simple answer somewhere, then it's definitely not a stupid question. Yeah. Because our knowledge is always limited on what we know in the present moment. Yeah. So, for instance... I know how to change the tire on a car. Mm-hmm. I do not know how to build a vehicle. Yeah, and there was a time when I couldn't have told you where the dipstick on a car is, and I can currently take apart an engine. There you go. But I couldn't always. Right. And I had to ask those questions. Exactly. So, once again, and you know, yeah, don't get me wrong, even in the occult circles, and I'm sure you've experienced this too. Mm-hmm. There will be people who look down on you or laugh at you or, you know, tell you different things that may or may not be totally accurate. It just, it happens, okay? Once again, you have all kinds of different folks involved in, well, everything. So you're going to meet some good folks. You're going to meet some folks that are kind of jerkish. You're, you're going to meet some folks that are very selfish. You're going to meet some folks that are really open and honest and happy to tell you whatever it is you're wanting to know. And um, double check your sources. I mean, double check us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, please. Because the other part is, if we get something wrong, definitely. Oh, yeah. No, if we're wrong, if we get something wrong, please. Send us. If you are working with draconic magic and you are talking to dragons every day, please send me an email and let me know that, no, you guys got this wrong. Awesome. Because you will have taught me, you will have taught her, that's great. And remember, everybody's a teacher, everybody's a learner, and (laughs) frankly, you'll never really meet any masters, okay? No. Uh, They're, yeah. I like to say that there are very few, there's a handful of subjects I would consider myself an expert in. Mm -hmm. And um, in those subjects, I would say my opinion is very valid. And in most of the others, I'm a student just like everyone else. Right. And that's what it breaks down to. And 
yeah, give us, shoot us an email at magicwithak for info at gmail.com and you can certainly let us know what we got right, what we got wrong, where we need to brush up on our learning. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you have, well, there you go. If you have a dragon familiar, awesome. I'd love to hear about that. Oh, yeah. We'd you love know. to hear some stories. Uh, yeah, I, absolutely. And, you know, it, once again, I will not, and I know Alex won't either, we will not put your name on the air if you don't want it. I absolutely will not do that. No. I won't reveal where you're from. I won't do that either. Uh, we will keep your anonymity. So that, that way it's one of those, yeah. And you can write us an anonymous email. I don't care. Use a VPN. Disguise it. I don't care. But if you send an email, yeah, I'll be happy to learn from you. It's awesome. Well, anyway, it's been awesome. Thanks for uh, joining us. We can't wait to talk to you next time. I've been Alex. And I'm Daniel. And you all have an excellent day.